Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. We like that. All in one place for totally free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your cellular telephone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else, those other places that podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify, and when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&As and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions, and best of all it's totally free zero catch we've been using it ever since we started how long gone and ever since i discovered spotify for podcasters i feel like having the option of turning off the q a's and the polls on the user dashboard (laughs) has really helped uh boost my creativity and take it to another level i highly recommend giving it a try download the spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started Chris Black, it is I. Once again, today is Monday morning, May 17th, a.k.a. Tuesday the 6th, Fucking A. What's up, bro? Bro, I'm good. You know, just just feeling a little, a little. I went on a, um, a hike yesterday that was a little more extreme than we had, uh, had anticipated, and it was in Glendale, interestingly enough. Oh, so you, we were just talking on the podcast yesterday about how we should incorporate some more hiking into our lifestyle. And then just hours later, there you are on the hill where where, there's some steep, steep fuckers in Glendale. It was a a steep climb and the, the, the weather was not optimal. I will say that, but luckily I was prepared in, um, you know, Gore-Tex leaning gear. The fuck this Gore-Tex leaning gear mean? Does that mean you can't afford the real shit? What is it? Don't ever, don't ever check my pockets, bitch. Uh, no, no, no. I, I just, it wasn't a full gore. It was just a, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know <laughs> how, gore. I didn't know how bad the weather was going to be, but it was pretty shitty once we got up there. But it was kind of amazing because once we reached the peak, it, it honestly felt like we were in like South America or something when it was all yeah, overcast some, and the fog was hitting. According to, according to IG stories, the Instagram website, it, it almost had the like when you go hiking in the islands of Hawaii. Ah, yes, and you, yes, you kind of yes. go you go over the cloud line, and then yeah, and then you the only thing left to check out is what the big man upstairs has created, and it can be breathtaking. And Glendale and Hawaii, you know, H two O lean, same thing. <laughs> yeah, we we did have an interesting incident though because as we. As we finished the hike, our, our leader, uh, our friend Jeremy, w- was like, oh, yeah, just loops around will be good. And then we got spit out in an area that, thanks to Google Maps, showed us that we were 50 minutes from where we parked on foot. <laughs> um, <laughs> after after a good you know hour and a half, two-hour hike, I'm sweaty. I'm, I'm wet from the rain. I'm in need of some sustenance. You, you, were, re- you were ready to pack up, and, and then Google said not so fast not chief. so fast chief so we did have to make a, a a a late call and we were able to uber uh five minutes to our cars um so i, I made it out of, I, we, we made it out alive and i'm just happy to be here to podcast with you jason wow thank god yeah it was a little misty and rainy yesterday it was, it was an odd rainy this day. weather this Kinda. weather is absolutely trash yet again la i know june gloom is a thing but i'm not i'm not in the mood you know, it's there's a lot of global warming, climate what does that stuff mean? going on. I know that you and your little friends are deniers of it, but you know, when I was a youngster, summer used to be June. You know, June, July, August, that was summer, and obviously a lot of that is because of the school year and everything like that. Um, but summer, summer kicks in September, October now. And I think as I get older, it gets pushed back more and more in every year. Let me tell you something. Let me make something very clear to you, big dog. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> I mean, it, it, we're, we're still going to experience the same three months of extreme heat. It just doesn't happen when we think it's supposed to happen anymore. No, I, under, I understand that. But I, I, I like when things align as I've been taught. You know what I mean? I want to feel, feel it in June when everybody else does. Do better, Chris. It's time to put in the work. You're right. You're right. You're, you're, because now there's, there's a lot of pros to it. The, the fact that it's a little rainy in June, 
that's a downside. But one of the pros is every year. Remember when we were kids? Every year for Halloween, Halloween would arrive, mm-hmm. and it would be you know it'd be kind of a cold, gloomy. You know, it's like a month away from winter. Now, bitch, I don't Halloween, give a fuck. It's it's eighty two degrees. I'm wearing a tank top and shorts on 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 october 31st every year for the last five years all thanks to global warming i know you want to wear your little slutty halloween costume but that does not change my opinion of this of this shift and luckily my passion for single-use plastics has not wavered um so i am able to i am able to uh continue to contribute to the problem that is is ruining our planet would it would it make you feel any better if i told you that i'm drinking out of a plastic straw right now thank god jesus christ thank you for that i mean uh, <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm back in your good graces. Yeah, you've you've returned. But yeah, it was um so it was a pretty physical activation yesterday and then um I we did we hit we hit commissary on the way home uh just to get a mm-hmm. to get a coffee, a little snack and let me tell you something, bro. Commissary was fucking lit. Wait, did you go to the one by my house? Yeah, Glendale, bro. It was it was, Ken- it was Kenneth Village. Shout let out me to let Kenneth me tell you Village. something. Shout out to the Kenneth Village because Kenneth Village they don't care about social distancing. They don't care. <laughs> this shit was packed like it was a full. There were kids with laptops like working like full pre COVID vibe. It was great. That coffee shop in my neighborhood has been the epicenter of of super spreading in my life like I, I i put it up against any business in los angeles and they will show you how to not care about anything like that was was my man the uh my my latinx cowboy barista working he was he was very friendly to me i, I wonder do you think he listens to the show or he just recognized game recognized game he just probably understood that you were linked to me and that's why he was showing you <laughs> love he was like, wait a second, this guy is not Armenian, his car costs less than $200,000, and he's not wearing any Gucci? <laughs> this guy must be friends with Jason. He has to know DJ them jeans, and he was right about it. It's, yeah, I, I was just I was just politicking with him um, just yesterday as well, actually. It was great. So we had a big afternoon, and then... And, and, this morning I had to pop up at it for another seven a.m. workout with Nick Wooster, who who's still visiting, and I'm feeling I'm feeling a little torched, Jason. I need I need to have a, a second coffee here ASAP. I'm on I'm on I've had two coffees today as well, and I'm sipping num- numero trois right yeah, now. Yeah, but you probably haven't done much. That's the difference. I don't have. I, I'm going to try and, and get a late afternoon workout in, but as you know, you know. Mondays are my Mondays. Yeah, I've, I They're forgot. Been, yeah, been yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I know that Garfield. <laughs> so you know, it used to you, Monday used to be my Friday, and not anymore. Monday has become my Monday. So I'm I'm busy as hell today, and we're doing a rare podcast. We're doing a rare podcast. I mean, this, the podcast, the, the the schedule of podcasts when you're dealing with the caliber of guests that we're dealing with is is unfortunately it's not up to us mm-hmm. anymore, Jason. We we've let Jesus take the wheel, as they say. Yeah. Fuck, fuck you, Jesus. Fuck, hey, yeah, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is fucking my whole week up. He, uh, you're telling me, dude. You're telling me. Well, yesterday I went to an activation. She has a few friends from New York who moved to L.A., and they had some people over to the crib in WeHo. Are you telling me that you came to WeHo and you didn't even you didn't check with me first? Well, you know, I didn't. It wasn't my place to invite, you know, lesser thans, you know, the riffraff. I don't want to get invited to your little Aperol Spritz party. I just, you need to, if you're coming to WeHo, you tap in. <laughs> you let me know that you're crossing Santa Monica. You got to, you know, I, we'll deal with this next time. Yeah. What are you, what are you going to do about it? That's what I thought. Nothing. Bitch, I will come, pussy. I will come program the Tesla to drive off a cliff and we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> okay. I'll slash no, the no, fucking no, no, tires. I, yeah. I'll, I'll slash the tires. Yeah. I ain't afraid to slash I've been, the tires. I've been putting in work in West Hollywood much longer than you, Chris. Oh, you have not earned the right. I look. To, I understand that. I understand that, Jason. But unfortunately, there's a new mayor in town. Okay, and and you can catch me at the Abbey Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights, and uh, you can tap in there anytime you want, Jason. I will. I will start checking in with you when you start living in West Hollywood. I know where you live. <laughs> and you're lucky that I don't call it East Hollywood. <laughs> the disrespect. Uh, okay. Hey, look. As, as long okay. as it's not. I know. I know that neighbor. I know that block more than you and you know everybody i know i know a fake west hollywood you know he's over here saying making up neighborhoods i actually live in in holly grove glen (laughs) um it's it's a it's beverly uh it's it's east of (laughs) yeah like all the new york neighborhoods yeah well they they get paid but those those east of real real west of 
All Saints is the neighborhood is one of the most sought after neighborhoods those, right now. Those neighborhoods luckily are named by agencies, so I would love to get that gig. Uh to you know get a million what, bucks. What kind of agency is like a creative like a branding agency? Yeah, 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 yeah. hundred percent. Like that's like a whole thing. The same way that Kale had PR, you know what I mean? That's where they bounce back. I don't know if you need an agency to abbreviate something like that. It seems pretty easy. I could I could knock out a whole Manhattan skyline in an afternoon. Exactly, Jason. This is why you get paid the medium bucks. <laughs> I hit I'll hit the G I'll hit the fucking G pen. <laughs> G pen. I'll, I'll, I'll abbreviate. I'll abbreviate every fucking neighborhood. I don't give a shit. I ain't playing with y'all anymore. But so, but so you were at this party and we did. TJ have a little accident. TJ took a tumble. So I went there and I was as the only straight in attendance. They were of course making some lemon drops. You familiar with that? <laughs> oh, uh, that legendary cocktail. I've, I've tossed back a lemon D in my time. Lemon drops were on the menu, and they were being served up fiercely with a brown sugar rim. Mm. You know, a little. It has a little bit more of a molasses. You know, kind of a syrupy, darker sweetness that that did pair well with the bright acidity of lemon. But anyway, they have a lemon tree in the backyard, and all wouldn't you know it? All the good lemons mm. that were pickable. All the good lemons were out of reach for. For the normal sized humans who were at the event, so when I arrived, I was I was quickly rushed and ushered to the tree, where I was asked nicely if I could pluck down some lemons. So I went for it, and then um, as I, I I got greedy, is what happened. Mm-hmm. I already had a, a bushel full of them, probably mm-hmm. I don't know six. I had like six lemons at this point, and they're and they're like, oh, there's a few more right there. Why don't you go? You know, while you're up there, I'll grab them. I was kind of showing off. You know, everyone was very happy that I was mm-hmm. reaching these almonds. I was saving or we, reaching these lemons. I was saving the day. I, we, you know, we didn't have to turn the lemon drop machine off. We could we could keep dropping for the rest of the afternoon, and then the branch that I was Oop. standing on snapped beneath me, and then I, I took a tumble. I slid down the lemon tree. I didn't get injured, like I didn't break anything. It was actually a very a very anticlimactic, smooth landing. But sounds like that uh, that little milkshake you had might have put you over the edge there, huh, Chief? Those chicken tenders, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Something it's to think. Possible. Something to think about. It's possible. Something to think about. My my slim frame. It broke the branch a little bit, and I slid. I slid down, and and also the lemon trees are a little prickly. They have some thorns on them, so my hand was decently bloodied, and the inside of my arm is, is scratched up. You know, I appeared to be mauled by a, you know, a wolverine or something like that, and then my left thigh outside you know right where your it band would be if we were talking to rick that did get a little scratched up as well and that's <sighs> going to affect my foam rolling this afternoon at equinox so yeah, yeah 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 thoughts and prayers are appreciated thoughts and prayers are appreciated um I'm, I'm glad to hear you're okay i'm not okay well it sounds like yet he persisted well i mean you're a guy that puts your head down you power through every day and that's something that we all appreciate from you here on this podcast jason mm-hmm. we do have a guest today jason Someone's gonna do this it. is a special occasion this is why we're recording today you might know her as japanese breakfast uh, michelle zoner is is her name um she is a musician uh her new album is coming out very soon actually uh june 4th on our f- yeah it's called jubilee jubilee from our friends at dead ocean shout out to the whole gang over there um and her her book Crying in H Mart, uh, our memoir, um, it, it debuted at number two in the New York Times nonfiction bestseller list, uh, and it is ex- oh, wow. excellent. It's an excellent book. Yeah, we're I'm I'm about uh, a third of the way through it, and yeah, it is it is quite a quite a powerful book. It's, so it's quite good, and and I think that there's a lot for us to discuss here, especially her her Korean food talk is really really something. I would imagine. I don't understand. Yeah, you a love lot of and, it. and you love Korean food, so I can't wait to see you kind of dig in and no, kick I, the tires of the all the jigae's. No, I, I want you. That's what you're. That's what you're here for. Stews and soups. That's and what everything. you're here for. I'm yeah. just here to slander Philadelphia. You know, make sure she knows that. <laughs> we're yeah, we're excited to talk to her. The book is great. The music is great. We've both been fans for a while. So let's let's give her let's give Michelle a little jingle. Hey, Jason. We all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on. You're eating at restaurants you don't want to eat at all the time to appease myself and others. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to your health, health, there's no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who used your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or because they take your slightly sketchy insurance. 
Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance, so literally no compromises here, because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors very close to you, and instantly book appointments with them online. Just like when I'm looking for new shoes on my sites, you can filter specifically, see which doctors take your insurance, located near you, maybe find a doctor that's far away from you for personal reasons you don't want to disclose. I use ZocDoc, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com slash howlong and download ZocDoc for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash how long zocdoc.com slash how long how long gone is brought to you by neutrophil as you know you know hair thinning is quite complicated like your skin hair is a reflection of your health Uh oh and internal factors can impact the way your hair looks feels and most importantly grows neutrophil's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress hormone fluctuations and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker stronger hair go ahead give it a tug neutrophil is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker stronger faster growing hair with considerably less shedding thank god take the first step (laughs) to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time neutrophil is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to neutrophil.com and enter the promo code how long? All one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> Dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. The best way to learn a language? Immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. One in five Americans uh, have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Chris and I are going to the country of Georgia in a month or so, and they have a very unique language. And I will be using Babbel to try and just get a little bit of action so I can know how to order my uh, cold, my cold brew lattes and things like that in a way uh, that's actually science-based. Don't spend hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Use Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons. They're handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new lingo in as little as three weeks. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash how long. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash how long, spelled B A B B E L dot com slash how long. Rules and restrictions may apply. Babel. Thank you for joining us, Michelle. Uh, what? So, just, just to not, not to jump the gun, but what are we building over there that requires sawing? Um, my, my husband and I got a hot tub. Oh, yeah. Um, so we bowled out, <laughs> but we, he has to like build this like wooden box to like house the, yeah. mm-hmm. I guess like the filter or whatever. It's like one of those like cedar tubs. Ooh. So like they like send you all the wood and he like him and his dad like built it. And then he also has to build this box for the thing. It's been like a six month process getting this thing. And now it's like done just in time for like this summer <laughs> hot tub season is upon us thank god <laughs> thank god it's all worth thanks it. to our our new best-selling book we're able to spring for the cedar no broke boy plastic no, actually shit. the cedar is cheaper than the plastic surprising really yeah i know i was like i i was like maybe we should look because it's expensive and then we were like maybe we should get a plastic one instead and they're way more expensive i've been i've been deeply considering purchasing the the indoor infrared sauna for the home hell yeah but the hot tub is a nice is a nice one yeah i'm really i'm really pumped about it where do you guys live we i sound so bougie right now but um we we got like a we got like a we got a cabin in like in the adirondacks oh okay okay no no i was just making sure this hot a hot tub feels very 
very appropriate for that setting. It's not like in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> we put a we put a hot tub in Brooklyn. It's it's different. No, I think I think that that's the the appropriate place for a hot tub. Feels right. Did you guys move there permanently, or is this just the the weekender crib, or is this just the COVID crib? I like moved out of my studio in Philadelphia. We live in Brooklyn in an apartment, but like I I needed to like move all my studio stuff. Do you guys do like outdoor types of activities? Are you into fly fishing? Do you make beans over an open fire? Stuff like that. Um, we do have like a in the winter time. It got like so cold here um, that it really mm-hmm. like. Even like with the heat on, you have to like keep the fire running like all the time. So it was like very primal. Um, yeah, I like grew up in the woods in Oregon. So I feel like it is a really a natural place for me to gravitate to and like want to write in this kind of environment. I like got a cord of wood for the first time and like stacked a lot of wood. Um, Let's go. Yeah, but I like hate hiking. So I don't really like to do that. kind of. What? I like swimming, uh, but I'm not like a big hiker. I think largely because I like grew up in the forest that I'm just like, why do I have to like engage anymore? Hiking is not something you you just do it for transportation. Yeah, I for... don't like. Yeah, I don't get it. All right. Fuck hiking. It's funny you say that. I went on a hike yesterday here in L.A. and I did get lost at the end and it, I, I had to call an Uber to get back to our car. No way. I hate hiking right now as well. Just I'm going to give it a 24 hour probation period before I revisit it mentally. He was on the remote Appalachian trails of Burbank <laughs> and he was it was tough for him to make his way back home. I'm not great at direction, really. I'm really bad at directions, too. And like I I tried out hiking again, like during like last fall, because I was like, what else is there to do right now? Actually, like the day that Biden won, I was like microdosing on mushrooms, like with my husband and his friend Gabe, who was visiting. We went on this like five hour hike uh, and it was just like hell on earth. It felt like I was like walking <laughs> It felt like I was like walking and I felt like I had this pressure because his friend was like, we have to finish this hike or else we'll die. Well, no, it's just like we need the reward of like finishing the hike. Sure. You know? the completion, and and the it completion. kept getting like more and more time. I didn't realize how long it was. And if it was just my husband and I, we would have like probably turned around after like half an hour. But like this was like three hours of hiking. I think he thought that we went hiking often. And so that's why he was kind of like pushed. So there's this weird commu- miscommunication. <laughs> But also, like, I've never, I had a really nice time microdosing the last time I microdosed and went camping, but I realized so much of that was, like, sitting still. But this time, I was, like, walking <laughs> the entire time. It was, like, literally, like, I was I was traveling to Mordor. Like, it was, like, <laughs> the most, like, horrifying, like, experience. I hated it. Well, this is why we can't do these activations with our husband's friends. It just never works out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I never want to, to hike ever again. Did you take the mushrooms before or after you learned that Biden won? After. We were really stoked about it. Um, and it was like such a it was like such a perfect encapsulation of like that entire period of mm-hmm. time, I feel like, where it was just like hell, you know, for three three days. You really were walking through Mordor. Well, are you are you a are you a, a, a normal microdoser or is that a, a random occurrence for you? I'm not a normal microdoser. Uh <laughs> especially now. I feel like it always happens in pairs where it's like I'll have like a good trip. And I'll be like, oh, I'm really into drugs now. And then I'll have a really bad drip. And then I'm like, okay, I never want to do that again. And then like two years will go by and I'll go through the same thing where it's like, similarly, last year I went camping with my girlfriends and we microdosed and like, it was the greatest experience of all time. And after that, I was like, oh, I I want to do this all the time. And so then when we went hiking, I was like, great, I'm really into microdosing right now. And then we did it. And I was like, okay, great. I never have to do that again for like years and years. How (laughs) micro is the dose? Because I feel like, does this vary or is there like a standard for this? Because I hear the term a lot, but I'm unclear on on actually how big or small it is. I feel like it's like like a one. You know what I mean? There's sort of a a standard. Yeah, you just eat one mushroom, big or small. No, no, it's like it's like a tenth of an eighth or something like that. It's or or maybe even a twentieth of an eighth. For me, I think it was like I think my friend, like four friends, split 
an eighth, which is crazy because I know. Okay, I did not mean to like turn this into a drug conversation, and I should like this. This is this podcast I is basically a drug conversation. What this podcast is, uh, but yeah, I. <laughs> I'm high right now. <laughs> it's really funny though, because like my my manager was like, "Do you want to do this podcast? It's kind of broy," and I was like, "I don't. <laughs> I like, I don't care." I'm, Who the fuck is your manager? Like, it's not my. It's actually not my manager. It's like my day to day manager, and like he was like, I think because we were just doing a lot of stuff and they're like i I have no idea what this is sorry Mm -hmm. but like we we prefer we prefer that this is like how it was expressed to me and so i was like oh i don't that's okay but what is the theme of this podcast it's bros it's just bro shit it's a couple of bros yeah your your day-to-day was not wrong uh dubbing us a bit (laughs) of a bro cast we've been called that before but i'd like to think that we're not full bros we just are fluent in bro but like what is the theme there's no theme we just talk you just are two two bros talking with with theme. guests i i've done a lot of podcasts recently i wrote a book called crying in hmart that's about grief and so i've done a lot of very like serious don't plug the book <laughs> it's too early for the plug okay it's too early for the plug so i've done a lot of podcast no i'm getting to i'm getting to you okay <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. i i've done a lot of podcasts like about grief and like really serious stuff so i was kind of like okay bro podcast that sounds fun exactly but then the podcast is called how long gone it sounds kind of like poetic thank you (laughs) okay so i'll I'll tell you the story so basically why is it called how long gone okay so when we we started the podcast right at the beginning of quarantine so it's been a little over a year now and the name so basically the whole premise was we we're old friends and we've kind of done some a bunch of stuff similar to a podcast before over the years People like our rapport and our banter, a little broy, maybe, maybe not, but we just basically decided to call each other three times a week and record the conversation of just us, you know, talking, hanging out when everyone was kind of like unsure about what was going on in the world. Mm. And we were like, you know, we need to hear a little, just some like lighthearted, fun convo. It's not so serious. It's not like the doom scrolling news feed that we're all getting. Mm. And then um so the the name of the podcast is a sort of a reference of like how long will our our world be gone, you know, our normal world. Oh. But the song it, it's named after a Brooks and Dunn song <laughs> called How Long Gone, which is about uh, a lady leaving her man and he's wondering how long this freak is going to be gone for. Got it. Are you a fan of Brooks and Dunn? Uh, I I don't know who that is to be honest. They're they're like a kind of like a eighties nineties. Are they like a bro band? It's a, it's like country music, country duo. Cool. Some cool. Uh, some romantic crooners. Check out some of their stuff. What would you consider though? What would you consider to be a bro band? I'm very interested in what in what that looks like from you. Like Sublime. Sublime Three okay. yeah, Eleven. Yeah, yeah. Shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incubus. Damn! Don't 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 <laughs> not Incubus <laughs> not Incubus. Jack jo- Jack Johnson. Oh yeah jason mraz yeah i'm trying to think of like what the modern bro i guess like the modern bro now would be like tame impala which i like what do you guys listen to i li- i listen to basically like the Lemonheads and oasis um is kind of my my okay. zone obviously that 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 Whoa. can you know you can go in some different directions there but that that's probably the the middle and jason is is more of like a well, how would you describe it jason burial i like dark <laughs> british electronic music that's depressing <laughs> and then i also like rap music that's about drug dealing and killing people Sick. and then cool but we both grew up like uh kind of like straight edge hardcore punk yeah. world okay cool yeah 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 so that's the that's the basis that's surprising is it well i, I mean for bros i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i've met a lot of bros who are or a lot of straight edge people who are bro bros you yeah. know what i mean yeah but also what does bro even mean nowadays you know i don't know but i don't think that they listen to like hardcore music i don't think they listen to burial <laughs> <laughs> I, but that's kind of the thing like bros are starting to listen to burial <laughs> protect protect burial at all costs protect burial at all costs jason but i mean like we're you know we're of a certain age you know and the, the burial of your i would it's the antithesis of anything broy 
But now, you know, time enough time has passed to where things like that, you know, could be bro. You could see the the burial at EP at Urban Outfitters, and people are like, "Damn, this shit is actually like kind of dark. I kind of feel it." Like, <laughs> I kind of fuck. I'm with gonna this. play Madden and listen to. I'm, I'm, I'll play Call of Duty and listen to Burial. I don't give a shit. What if What if Burial What if Burial was on the Call of Duty soundtrack? That would really push it. That would really push us over the edge. I would have a gaming problem <laughs> if that was the case. I, I, My family would leave me. I don't. But I think the word bro has evolved because when we were in high school i think bro meant like you know like a football player right right which i don't i don't think that really is is applicable in in, in today's world but also we are we are fans of like athletic stuff like chris works out a lot and i'm into you know we play tennis and stuff like that so like a little bit of a jock mentality <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is coincides with the bro lifestyle you know what i mean i'm learning i'm learning so much about you guys hey that's the that's kind of the idea here what's your what's your it's not all about you the, the idea is just like <laughs> <laughs> the, the the podcast is just like an hour-long conversation where like the guest like figures out what your guys is yeah you just you just sit there and politely say yes every uh three to four <laughs> minutes and then we'll just kind of take it from well, there. no that's not what we do at all we, we but we like you know you we assume that you've been on a whirlwind press tour, um, plugging the book, cr- crying in H Mart, and you've probably had to do some deep conversations, and you have to talk about, you know, Korean soups and <laughs> explain what banchan means to white ladies in Oregon. So now you get to just sit back and and chill with the bros. And talk about mushrooms, yeah, with a, the bros. Man. Mushrooms and Tate with the bros. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you say it like that, it doesn't sound so bad, does it? No, it sounds great. That's why when my manager was like, "Is this okay?" I was like, "Yeah, that that sounds like refreshing." So, are you are you kind of on the the tail end of your of your book press tour, virtual Zoom press tour? Um, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, it feels like never ending. Every time I think it's like going to end, uh, the the calendar like fills up with stuff, and I'm just about to come out with like an album like in two weeks. Yeah. So it's a whole nother tidal wave of press. I mean, it's like a double edged sword because like obviously I'm really stoked that all these people want to talk about my book and like my press team like with the book is doing such an incredible job. Like I saw the book was like like Goop posted about the book like two days ago, and I was like, there we go. Was, like, there we go. Shit, like I've I've made it. Um, <laughs> but I, it, at some point, it feels like you're going to run out of magazines, you know, <laughs> to talk to. Like, it feels damn, like damn book um, is. There's so, only so many publications on planet Earth that you could speak with. That's how I feel. I feel like it must be over pretty soon here. But I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you don't want it to end because you like want the thing to be successful. But I am. I feel like uh, embarrassed to t- even talk about it anymore because I'm like it's so dialed in. You know? Every time you do one of these, you know, you're going to sell a few few more books so it's hard to say no to that yeah and i want i want it to be successful and i I feel like like annoying even complaining about it but uh you're not complaining you're not complaining but i think books i mean i think a book has a different reach than music i'm sure you're finding that as well like it's uh people are coming out of the woodwork and stuff in a different way i would imagine totally totally yeah it's wild how is processing the the criticisms about the book compared to criticisms about your musical career are you reading the comments Oh my god, I, I'm reading the comments. Like it's really I need to like get off. Uh, I need to like I have like become really my like screen time is at like six hours right now. And okay. uh it's pretty gross and bad. Um <laughs> I don't know like when I'm supposed to log off though, because it is like it's a scary time where just like who is canceling me right now, you know? Um That's not a thing that you were worried about, are you? Oh, totally. I think everyone it's is. true. I think I always feel that way about other people. And then I hear them talk about it. And I'm like, whoa, you're worried about that, too. I think everyone is worried about that. I feel like it's really funny when I see comments that are like, if you don't want to get canceled, don't do bad things. And it's like, but we're like, <laughs> you, it's not like I've like done anything awful, but I am like, I'm always like afraid of like something, you know? I was surprised that that is something that you were possibly scared of, but I like that about you even more. I'm like overanalyze everything to death. Like sometimes it's valid and sometimes it's. This is why we microdose, sister. Yeah, I guess that is. <laughs> a good point, actually. Yeah, that is true. There is actually there's like a song on the record 
sorry to plug my shit again, but um, there's a song on the record called Posing for Cars, which I wrote about. I swear I don't do mushrooms a lot, but it is like, you know, I just happen, it just happened to have come up. Posing for Cars? It's called Posing for Cars. It's the last song of the album. And it's about my husband and I like taking mushrooms together in the Poconos. And every time a car would pass, he would like pose because like he <laughs> thought that that, he, we were like really paranoid of like people knowing that we were on drugs. Like every time a car would pass, like he would pose like in a really obvious, weird way. But there's a line in that song that's like, is this what it takes to enjoy the day? Because like I so much of that day was just spent me being like sitting on a porch in the sun and just being like, this is so nice. Like, this is great. And I feel like it's really sad that I like can't enjoy like it helps you like enjoy little things like so much, you know, that I like I feel like I'm such a busy person all the time. I can't like just sit and chill and not do anything and like watch a tree like I never would do that. And that is a nice feeling to have. Don't beat yourself up about it. I think just the world is a much more difficult place to just sit and enjoy a tree. I, it's it's hard for everyone, even the most Zen master person in the world. And if if we have learned how to evolve and use drugs to get there then so be it as long as we're not you know crashing our car and into something that's true or worse thanks jason you got it i feel like this entire podcast you're the one that's like it's okay <laughs> you can feel it. yeah he's he's a little softer <laughs> you'll you'll pick that up as we move along that dark electronic thing. yeah it Oh no, you're the oasis. Yeah, I'm I'm a dick who likes better anthemic music. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's weird how that goes. You would you would think Did you say anthemic? Yeah, I would anthemic. I would say that Could you guys put on something a little more anthemic? I would say that Oasis is anthemic. Would would you not? I mean, I think that's kind of what they're known for. Anthemic? I would say anthemic. Sorry about Chris. He's not a writer. Yeah, like I you can't know. read. I've never read a, a book. I have a Substack. Yeah, yeah, Jason. <laughs> Do a lot of emails as well. Chris does some food writing, things like that, criticisms, scene reports, uh, y- stuff like that. Light, lighter stuff, lighter fare, as they say. What do you criticize? I don't actually criticize anything. I write, I write <laughs> stories for like Vanity Fair and GQ and stuff about about lighter subjects. You know what I mean? But I, I do like the art of food criticism, and it's a thing that doesn't really happen too much anymore and I kind of miss it and wish it did. Where, where do you stand on that, Michelle? I am like a fragile, sensitive artist type that like doesn't like anyone criticizing anything. Okay, well, we'll wrap this up now. We'll wrap, go ahead and wrap this up. Thanks, Michelle, for joining us. It was a pleasure chatting with you. That, that's like, t- that's unfair though. I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like I can dish it and I like can't take it very well and it, I mm. should probably get used to it. You sound like a Virgo like us. I'm not. I'm an Aries. I'm like the opposite of that. Okay. This podcast is over. But I mean, has anyone ever criticized you and you're like, damn, this motherfucker is spitting. He is correct. She is correct. She read me like a like a book. Maybe I will take this information and use it to further my career. Has that ever happened to you? Um, I don't like want to give them that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like that's like what you're searching for, right? Like when you look at critique like there is this part of you that's like i'll be better for it but then you see it and it just destroys you and you're like i don't want to learn anything from this not just like oh this is like some fat ugly bitch and then you're like okay that's just like a hater but if somebody's like really really reads you and knows you you know that one can affect you and that's a really good question maybe it makes you better have you had that experience? Sometimes. I mean, we're we're not really famous enough to receive a, a ton of criticism other than <laughs> You suck on Twitter. It's like it's not it's not well thought out. You know, we're not we're not receiving the kind of the, the the actual criticism that someone like you would receive. People will leave ratings of on the podcast. It'll be, you know, like five stars. These fucking bros are pretty fun. Look it. And then it'll be like one star laughs too much or like one star these guys are fucking stupid or whatever you know and that's uh, you know like what are you going to do about it you can just be like okay this person doesn't like me we're going to move on with our lives yeah i i'm trying to learn to post in ghost which is which is something that is it sounds like you, you oh that's you could maybe benefit from that's as hot. well <laughs> yeah i do i do really want to do that i need to like eliminate but it's hard it's hard because it's also i mean being logged yeah, on is, really is part of the job at this point you know what i mean even even for even for I I also think it's especially hard right now because like 
this is worth like in this, like maybe if I was on tour or like I had a life beyond doing Zoom interviews like all day, like I wouldn't be checking it so obsessively. But I think part of it is just because you're like doing so many interviews, you're like, oh, did I say something like fucked up that is going to be a problem later on? So you're like constantly checking if like someone is like angry about something. You're only checking with the with the worry that something bad is going to happen versus like, oh, like if I wrote a book or if I came out with a new record every day that I wake up, I'm going to be like a a slot machine. I'm going to pull the handle and check out all this cool stuff that people wrote about me online. You're, you're not looking into it with excitement as much. Um, I'm doing that too, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think that like, I justify it by being like, I'm checking to see if like something is wrong. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 But I should, I need to like get off. I think that now I'm like in a cool zone. I think it's also just like, I haven't released art in a long time so I'm like constantly checking because it feels really good because I like sat on stuff for so long and now I'm just like in this like release period that it 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 does feel like I need to like actively engage with it or check on it online to make to make it feel real especially because we're not like I'm not like going on a book tour and like I don't get to go on tour until hopefully like late summer I think that part of it is like, it all just feels really surreal. Like none of this is really happening. So sometimes you go online and you're like, is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're going to do a tour later in the year, you said? That's the plan. I think our first show is like t- the 28th of July. Oh yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty yeah, that soon, soon then. Soon. Yeah. But I have been seeing, like I, it feels again, like really surreal, but I have even just seen on Instagram, like my friend's some friends in comedy starting to do like outdoor shows. And like, I think nature is like healing, at least in the U S the festivals are getting announced too. I mean, there was a bunch of stuff today. I feel like there's a new festival announcement like every day. Yeah. I definitely was so freaked out um, about announcing the tour and I thought I was going to get a ton of backlash, but I think it's been pretty chill. Um, I feel like obviously there's such a like spectrum of feeling towards events uh, and that's okay. You don't want to be labeled a super spreader. Yeah, totally. Um, And like, if it feels like that's like what's going to happen, then like we won't do it. Obviously I think everyone's really used to things getting canceled, but I do think that it's going to be okay. It feels hopeful to me as well. Yeah. You um you said you have some friends in the comedy world. Is that is that an interest of yours? Not really. I mean, I <laughs> like I can appreciate it, but um it's not I'm not like a I'm not like comedy guy. You're not a comedy guy. Thank God. My least favorite kind of person is a comedy guy. I feel like I can enjoy it, but I'm not like actively really seeking it out. You ain't on the blogs. <laughs> definitely at like what blogs are there you never dabbled in any open mic stand-up or anything like that. oh i would never that is like my worst nightmare i there's no like really thing i want to do less than comedy i like put myself out there enough i don't need to like have another craft that's true <laughs> that's very true <laughs> how long how long did it how long has this book been brewing obviously your whole life but how long when did you start <laughs> Really not my whole well i guess like it covers my life but um i started it kind of kind of in like 2016 i think okay so it has been a while it was like i wasn't like actively writing every day for five years or four years but mm-hmm. i i like um i wrote like a essay that started this book in 2016 and then two years later i kind of like i was like so i guess i've like just been collecting the pieces mentally in some ways like for for four years so that new yorker the new yorker story that like sparked this was that something you'd written and then you pitched the new yorker or did you have friends there or how did that how did that work so i wrote this other essay called crying uh called um love loss and kimchi that was published in glamour in 2016 and then in 2017 in the winter i spent six weeks in seoul writing what I thought would be the first like six or seven chapters of this book. And the first chapter was crying in H Mart. Then in like 2018, my label actually had a contact at the New Yorker um, with Michael Agar. And for some reason they thought it would be a good way to like continue to promote the album by like making an interactive website. And I was like, uh, I don't know what that is, but I guess I can try to do that. And so we had a call with Michael Agar and he was like, I don't know what that is. If you want to send me, if you want to send me writing though, like I'll read it. And so I sent him the first, I cleaned up the first chapter of the book and I sent it to him and he was like, great, we want to publish it. And there was like 
one edit at the end and it was all the better for it. And it was a really very, very simple hands-off like editing process. But then like the legal back and forth, I think was for some reason, I wasn't involved, like my manager was taking care of it, but took a really, really long time. So I don't think it was published. In In what way, like legal in what way, like rights? I think just like protecting the rights. Like I have no idea. I wasn't involved. Um, I'm like really confused about what the issue was, but um, it was like, I, I don't know if it was just us making it an issue to just make sure that we were okay because like my manager knew that I wanted to turn it into a book and that it was going to be a chapter I don't really know I all I know is that it took a long time and then it didn't come out until like uh later in 2018 did the and did the book did people start hitting you up about making it a book ASAP or was it still a kind of a slow roll yeah it happened really fast I had already like started to get some interest from agents, like when the glamour piece came out, but when the New Yorker piece came out, it was like an explosion. We love that. I love when the inbox is booming. <laughs> has, um, has H Mart sent you the edible arrangements yet for, for putting them on a national scale? Um, I mean, they are definitely already on a national scale, but I think that they're about <laughs> to buy, I think that they're about to buy like a shit ton of copies, um, which is tight. Yeah, I was wondering like if they were like excited and flattered by the mention or if they were like you I guys can use our name you're legally. Be sued. Yeah, I would have been horrible. Um I, I I wrote them a very nice letter and I actually am going to like have a meeting with them. Love that. Pretty soon. Uh I don't know about what, but like I I, I mean it's a very like authentic interest on in my part. Uh it wasn't like put on in any way. Yeah, I think that they're into it because I think that they are like gonna order I would love for my book to be sold there eventually and um That'd be yeah. an amazing yeah, full circle great. thing. And then maybe like a cardboard cutout for a soju ad. <laughs> yeah. That would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be you and Sai <laughs> Gangnam style next to each other well, selling yeah. selling that that soju. I love it. I actually um I'm actually a big fan of H Mart myself. Visit the one here in Koreatown and Arcadia all the time. I love Koreatown. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both in LA, right? Yeah, Chris is, is normally from New York, but he's he's in LA. Are you from right there now. originally? Where are you guys? I'm from, from Atlanta right? originally, but I've been in New York for like twelve years, thirteen years, long time. Oh well. I'm from Orange County. Ever heard of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that you are inevitably going to become the type of, of mom that shows their love through food and cooking as well? I do. <laughs> you guys plan on having some children? Uh, I think I, I will have. I will have. Um, I think I will have one child eventually. Um, but, you know, it was kind of like the pandemic has like really taken away some real child rearing years. I feel like <laughs> it was only one. It was only one year. But I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Look, it's a big year. Well, like I feel like I you know, my clock is ticking, you know, and like uh, I feel like I need to go on tour for the next couple of years before I'm like ready to like try on a different lifestyle. But yeah, I feel like ideally I would have been touring for the last two years and now my plans are kind of like shifted. These, yeah, these were the very important bread stacking years of your life. So yeah, you could... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please, this book shit, this book shit hits different though. We got, I know she got an option for a second one. You got to figure it out now though, because they're not going to wait on you, you know? So you better, you better be coming up with some ideas on tour. I have an idea for it, but I don't know. Like, that's another thing where it's like, I really want to write a book about living in Korea for a year and learning the language. Cause like so much of what was hard about this book was like rooting around. I don't really have like a particularly great memory. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, It'd be so easy to write this book if it was just like happening day to day and I was like keeping a diary yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. And so my next book, I really would love to just live in Seoul for like a year and document writing, uh, like learning the language. Because um, I feel like a lot of people, like especially when you're in your 30s, it's like, am I too old to like learn a new thing? You know? Yeah, I think about this uh, a so lot. It would be fun to just like a lot document that process you know so uh but i don't know when that year of my life will be because like hopefully the next two years i'll be touring and then you know what i'm in so you're saying you want to do that you want to learn you want to learn the language and like document that whole story yeah because i also feel like if i don't make it a project it'll never happen you know i've like struggled to learn this language like my entire life and i never like really committed to it and i feel like if i just lived if you live somewhere for a year and like you're so hungry and like lonely to talk to people like that's when it happens for you. So where where would you rate your level of Korean 
proficiency like two two year old maybe damn really (laughs) yeah yeah like i can read and write uh i get my spelling is like atrocious um and like i think my accent is like pretty good but my comprehension and uh vocabulary is like really really bad i don't know why i'm like so stupid (laughs) (laughs) you're not stupid your brain just works in different ways that's all i've been really into like polyglot tiktok is really interesting to me. Yeah, what what are you unfamiliar talking about? with? What that is, I know. I know about TikTok though. I've seen that. <laughs> uh, uh, a polyglot is like someone who speaks who can speak multiple languages. They, they like flex that on TikTok, and they like switch from Slovenian to Swedish. Yeah, so like there'll be like videos where like someone's like, "I'm going to tell you about my day," and like every sentence they switch to a new language. Shit. That is pretty impressive. So they're like, "I have this great skill and TikTok is the only place that I can really showcase it otherwise." And they can also like live in a number of different countries and, you know, work as interpreters and translators, but, you know, I mm-hmm. I feel like uh like yeah, I, I think I'm just interested in like if if your brain is wired differently or like what what happens when you like plateau in a language and like how do you like get yourself out of that as a songwriter and a book writer i don't know if you're ever going to plateau with the english language but would you ever do a record in korean probably not no i don't really think that it's like it's like um i'm trying to think of what that's like It's like, it's just, it's just like, why would I do that? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Like, are, are you more popular in Korea or Japan? We're probably more popular in Japan, honestly. I think that there's like a, a bigger, like, indie scene, like international yeah. indie scene in, in Japan. Um, like, there, it's like more wired for like international indie bands. They have like the infrastructure for that. I want there to be like some, some like BTS manager in Korea who's like forcing you to record an album in Korea. Like that's a scenario that I'm trying to visualize. That would be, that would be tight. I I do think that we're going to like release a song in Korean, maybe like a Korean translated version for fun. I don't know why I would write that way. It'd be kind of like if you were really good at guitar, like you were extremely proficient in guitar and you're like, I'm going to write this next song on accordion. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like why would you do that <laughs> to challenge yourself you never know every every stone that you overturn there could be a, a wonderful surprise there well maybe maybe someday what have you been cooking lately michelle this weekend i went to the farmer's market and i have oh, a great uh fish man <laughs> fish monger a monger a monger <laughs> Got a good, we got like some halibut and I made uh, fish and chips for the first time Ooh, and, nice. was, and it turned out really nice. well. Oh. And I also made uh, linguine with clams that turned out really well. And then today I'm going to make a uh, scallop. Damn. So I, I had like a real like uh, like Damn, a seafood okay. seafood medley for the last three days. <laughs> seafood forward. Love a medley. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just dining on rare seafoods, installing yeah, a hot yeah. tub every day. The life of an auteur. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds pretty that. good from where we're sitting. I got to say, it sounds much better than being a bro pod pack. Pod- we're talking about like a beer battered fish and chip situation. Yeah. I watched like a bunch of like British men, uh, British like YouTube videos of like different ways to like make the best chip. A proper um, chippy chip. Yeah, so I like I like blanched it and then I put it in the fridge and then I like double fried it mm-hmm. and it it, tur- it came out pretty good. Serve it up on a little newspaper. Uh, it wasn't that I I should have done that, but uh, that's a, that's that's a bridge too far. On your on your French fries, you a mayonnaise on the French fries type of bro? I do like that. I'm a big I'm a strong proponent of mayonnaise. Mm. I'm yeah. a fan. I'm a fan. You know what's crazy is that tartar sauce like just is mayonnaise. Yeah, mayonnaise and relish. That's about it. I'll be eating yeah. some tartar sauce this afternoon, actually. I can't wait, wait. Are you also eating fish and chips? What else do you eat tartar sauce with? That's pretty much well, I'm gonna make um I'm gonna make like a fish fillet Whoa. type of sandwich like from McDonald's. Wow. Is this because of our is this I because of Martin's our potato the bun surplus has led you to this? That's what your last episode was about? Bun surplus? Well, kind of actually if you th- well, if you think about not it. Not entirely, but not not. Well, he we made some veggie burgers recently and I, I said I want some Martin's potato rolls. Are, are you familiar with that? that bun no it's it's like a east coast hamburger bun and they also make like hot dog buns for lobster rolls and stuff like that it's kind of known in the in the chef food world as the king of of regular buns (laughs) but you can't get them on the west coast so he ordered me a box of them online but you 
the lowest denomination you can order them in is like 48 buns. Oh my God. 48 buns. So I have 48 buns. You know, some of them are out. I could cram only so many in the freezer. So every day it's just like, what can I do on a bun? Oh, that's so funny. It's not good for the waistline, the caloric (laughs) intake. You know, it's a lot of just processed sugary sweet bread. I'm carbed up. I'm carbed the hell up and I'm not working out as much as I should be. What's your uh, what's your fitness schedule looking like nowadays, Michelle? Um, I was like really into fitness at the beginning of the pandemic. I was like, I'm gonna merge uh, with a six pack, and I'm like a pretty small merge. I'm like a pretty small merge gonna, with a six pack. I like I'm gonna that. O-merge oh, 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 merge. Oh, you're gonna oh, you're gonna emerge. Enthemic up my enthemic. Yeah, yeah, your six pack. <laughs> you're gonna emerge from the embers with cum Anthemic. with cum gutters on fleek. Is what you're saying. What? You've never heard you've never heard that phrase? <laughs> Are you familiar with that muscle? You ever heard that phrase? Cum gutters? Yeah, like when the uh, what's that muscle called? The oblique or no? Yeah, it's, it's like the, it's, right. Yeah, below. it's the Brad Pitt. It's the Brad Pitt Fight Club muscle. Oh, like the oh oh god. You know when a guy has a nice six pack? <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Between That's so intense. <laughs> yes, it is. That's like the most like bro podcast thing that you could have. I could be taking away from this. I'm gonna oh, like yeah. go downstairs and tell my husband like, have you heard of cum gutters? If he if and he'll be like, I don't know what you're yeah, talking about. He'll definitely yeah. Know he's, what gonna I'm he about. he's gonna not. lie. He will not. He's like, gonna lie. And say he doesn't know, but he knows. He doesn't. (laughs) Whatever you got to, whatever you got to tell yourself. What, what kind of, what is? Do you think that your husband is a broy guy? No, not at all. He's like you know a reader of Proust. Well. But he's he's but he's he's also outside working with his hands, which can lean broy depending on on which way it goes. Get you a bro who can do both. He's definitely not a bro. I don't think I wouldn't consider him a bro. He's a scholar. But you're not above being a a partner with a bro, though, right? Uh, I think I am. (laughs) (laughs) I teed you up, and that's the exact answer, though. Wait, so what were you doing? What were you doing to emerge with this six pack? You never told us your secrets. To emerge with, emerge with. Okay, so I'm like a pretty small person. Like I'm, and so I just felt like if if I'm already like pretty small. And I work really hard. Uh, How hard could it be to get the six pack? Like I'm gonna get one um, eventually. <laughs> it's so fucking hard. It's like actually, I think I don't understand. Like you must be like so disciplined. It's a little bit of di- it's a it's a little bit of food, and then also I think there's some pre I think there's some like genetic predisposition as well. I spent like probably five or six months like trying to eat. I was trying like all these like I think part of like uh the pandemic like was trying i think because like i in the book like i deal with my mom's illness like and grief like with korean food that it kind of felt like this new type of grief uh that we were experiencing with the pandemic like had to be dealt with in a different way and i think in for a time like i was trying to like control uh like my diet and fitness as a way to like feel like a sense of control over the world uh in in a sense so i was trying all these like funny fad diets because i just like i had so much time and you're not like tempted at all because you're not going out uh so like my husband and i tried like keto for a little bit of time we tried like going vegan for a little bit uh and then i was like doing like a ton of like youtube workouts for a while and then like five months went by and i like the the results were just so subtle that i was just like <laughs> fuck this fuck this like what the <laughs> fuck uh, I was like eating. It's funny because like I was like eating like such a. I've never eaten like in such a Caucasian way before too, and so like that was also really making me very miserable. I like didn't grow up eating a lot of chicken. I'm definitely never a chicken breast, so I was like, eating like a ton. Oh, so you were like on your salad. like chicken breast and like broccoli wave. I was literally trying to do the thing. Like I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get cut. And what are, What are some Caucasian meals though? Like chicken breast. <laughs> Just like, okay. a, that just is, like a plain chicken breast, hell, yeah. like chicken breast and like salad and like <laughs> maybe, yeah, like broccoli, like some steamed white rice. Some no, some not st- even. I wasn't eating rice. Yeah, no really? Eat rice, so, Jason. so just steamed veggies. No carbs. There's no sauce on the chicken. Maybe a squeeze of lemon. Yeah. But even yeah, like bro. lemon has like six grams of carbs in it. it no, like, yeah. we're not Michelle, counting Michelle, our lemon carbs. You can't I like eat. where your head's at. I like where your head's at. You can't. I was like, I was like not eating fruit for like a whole month. I was like, too much I'm sugar, fuck. too much sugar. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to get cut as hell. And after all of that, <laughs> uh, not a single up. That's why I was like, it's not worth it. I feel so bad for people who like have to, who feel like pressured to diet because it's like so miserable and hard. It is really hard. What if the pressure is self-imposed? 
then that's fine. I mean, if you like, I, the reason why I did this was because I like have a pretty good relationship. I have like a good relationship with my body and like with food in general. So I didn't feel like worried about myself, but if you don't, Mm -hmm. then that kind of shit is really dangerous. And I feel like really like I feel for people who put themselves under that kind of pressure Mm -hmm. to be eating good and hating, hating oneself. Do you have access? Did you have access to equipment or was this all body weight YouTube stuff? Or did you have kettlebells and weights and stuff? So, okay. So then like my friend was telling me like, you have to get weights. So for a while I was also trying like dumbbells. Mm -hmm. I will say like, like what's it called? Um, what's that? That move deadlifting. Yes. Hell yeah. Like not 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 like deadlifting like the big guy, you know, like the big barbell, but like the the movement. You had dumbbells in each hand. Dumbbell in each hand. Yeah, but like that is so scary. Like it just looks like I'm about to like fuck up. It's my a back. form, it's a form like, issue. I can't, so you have to pay very careful. It's so scary, like yeah, yeah. Um, but I was trying that for a while because my friend was like, You have to do it with weights. So I was trying that, but still. And then after all of that. I lost a lot of weight when I stopped caring because I think that like my my body was just like I had just done it for so long that my appetite just went down and then I just like naturally lost a bunch of weight once I stopped thinking about it. It was really weird. The human body never ceases to amaze me. What is your um, what is your like comfort meal thing that you go to like you're stressed out, you're hungover, you have anxiety or something like that? Definitely Korean food. Like there's a kimchi stew called kimchi jjigae that I always like make if I'm hungover. Uh, Shin ramen, like Mm -hmm. with an egg in it. And like kimchi is like Mm -hmm. easy, easy comfort food. Um, There's this like Chinese Korean fusion dish called jajangmyeon, which is like a black bean noodle that I love. Mm -hmm. And then I I can get down with like a, like a nacho. Mm. Wow. (laughs) Like a late night, like a late night nacho. Love a late night nacho. What about, what about sandwiches? What's the all time favorite sandwich? Good cute. Good cute. Uh, I'd say I love, um, you gotta go BLT with, uh, (laughs) with, (laughs) you gotta, you gotta go BLT, bro. Um, yeah, I like BLTs. Cheesesteak as a cheese Philly steak. girl, like as someone who spent time in Philly, uh I, I do love a cheesesteak. You a you a whiz girl? You I am a whiz provolone. girl. I do love I love both. I like to get no, actually I hate provolone. I do American and whiz. What? Which is so gross, but I don't I think provolone is like the most overrated. Cheese, I because don't of the it. lack of flavor, it is an odd cheese. Yeah, it's a white person. Yeah, that's why I gravitate towards yeah. it. I think so. Thank you for that. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? A Caucasian. I've had the the jajang myung, but the what is the, the 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 crispy fried pork with the sweet and sour? What's which? What is that one? Oh, called? it's called tang suyu. Yes. Whoa! How do you know what that is? I'm a big fan of of Korean food. I guess because L.A. L.A. You guys like have real. real yeah, culture. we have a great Korea town, and totally. I have a lot of friends who are Korean growing up. But sometimes you go to a place and the the sauce is on the side, and sometimes it's on top. Which one do you prefer? Sauce on the side. It stays crispy for the whole entire meal. Yeah. I don't know why every other. I, I want to have my orange chicken at Panda like that. <laughs> I want to have all my my crispies like that. Sometimes I got to have my panda. I don't think I've been to a Panda Express in a very long time. Since I was like in 6th grade or something at the mall. Yeah, it feels very mall. When my mom was like, "This place has rice." <laughs> <laughs> We're going here it has rice. <laughs> do you do you miss the Pacific Northwest at all or are you all set on that? Um, I do. I I love the Pacific. I don't think I could ever live there again. I feel like I'm such an East Coast person. I was like meant to be an East Coast person. Like my whole life growing up in the Pacific Northwest, I was always like told to chill out. And then I came here and I was like, I fit right in uh, with everyone else that talks really fast and is stressed out all the time. (laughs) I miss like Pacific Northwest uh, during the summer, especially. I miss like swimming in in fresh water and like, uh, yeah, I I mean, it'll always kind of feel like my hometown. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> soft jason soft bro jason soft jason is at it again i would love to f- swim in some his wistful fresh size. water that sounds very nice right now you know even though it's overcast in la today that sounds great a freshwater dip nothing better yeah i feel like that's what the pacific northwest is all about is like swimming in rivers and, and i've lakes. never really been there to be honest i've been to seattle a couple times oh you gotta go i've never been to portland or you're, you're from eugene right i'm from eugene yeah i dj'd in eugene one time it was uh where what i don't remember what it was a small like bar club it was forever ago i don't remember where it was at all but i remember the the oregonians were definitely into like funky dance music that's for sure 
Huh. Do you listen to any electronic dance music, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not really. You like disco? I do like disco. Okay. I think. I watched um the, what are they called? God damn it. Barry Gibb. Oh, the Bee Gees documentary. The Bee Gees. Yeah, I watched the Bee Gees documentary and I didn't know that much about the Bee Gees and I, I really appreciate the Bee Gees now. What a voice on that it's guy. It's pretty huh? incredible. The whole story is crazy. I know. How much did Barry Gibb win the gene lottery? Huh? Looking good. Sounding good. First of all, he's the ho- he's the hottest one. Yeah. He is like probably the best voice and most talented and he's the only alive one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's all-, all the all the other Gibbs look like 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 Simpsons characters. They totally. have like, weird underbites, yeah. And they're all also they have they have all perished. And Barry is over here. He looks like a human lion for real. His, he does. His skin is all tanned up. <laughs> the voice of a hummingbird for oh, real. Man. Yeah, for real. Okay. Well, like, do you ever go out to the club to go dancing? Fuck if- no. Oh my god. <laughs> What's wrong with dancing? I'm an indoor kid. Uh, All right, you'd rather. I be definitely like am not a not a dancer. You didn't go to the club when you were younger. Are you kidding me? That's like I, I don't feel like you could ask any artist. Did you go to the club? Like you become an artist because you don't go to the club. I feel like. <laughs> Look, everybody is tw- between 19 and 22 years old once, and peer pressure is real. You know, so you never know. I definitely was not going to the club at that age. I was like at a women's college. Yeah, you guys don't have clubs there. You guys had knitting club. No, we had like I was like <laughs> I don't. I was like writing erotica, <laughs> like damn feminist erotica at this time. Wait, can you drop the deviant art? Yeah, yeah. URL, what's the please? deviant art URL? <laughs> we'll find. We'll find the live journal. Yeah, we will find the live journal, Michelle. Great, I can't wait. All right. Well, thank you so much for potting with us. We appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, to Michelle. Chat. Thank you. Can't wait to get canceled from this podcast. Do you think you're gonna get what if if you were to get canceled from this podcast? What what statement do you think it would be from? What do you think it would be mm. for white people food? Maybe like call a it. lot of the racist stuff you said up top <laughs> will probably get you in some hot water. But, but you'll, I, I, you'll cut that out uh, for me. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to listen back. We'll have to check it out. If if it sticks, it sticks. You know, it's fine. Great. No, no, no. I don't think you're ever gonna get canceled. Cool. I think that you are a nice, sweet person, and you are oh, not Jason. an evil person at all. Listen to him. Listen to him. Just, I mean, Thanks. soft, Jason. Yeah, I'm a straight white guy. I, if I'm not going to get canceled, you're definitely going to be fine. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, Michelle, but all, all joking aside, the book is beautiful. I really enjoyed it, and um, I, I hope that I hope that more people, yeah, uh, go buy it after hearing you on our podcast. Thank you, Hard Chris and Soft Jason. <laughs> I've already passed it on to two women in my life. <laughs> my uh, my girlfriend, her mom's relationship and your mom's relationship is eerily similar. And oh, wow. I can't wait for her to give it a read. I hope she likes it. Yeah, she might. We'll read it in. Uh, we'll read it in the sauna, and you can write book number two in the hot tub. Tell your husband <laughs> that we said hi. Yeah, tell him. To, tell him to put okay, the saw I down. Will. Thank you for your time, and we will. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Dig. Dish, my sucker dish, my sucker dish, where?